Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Confidently Unconfident. Oh my god, sorry. I am struggling with my technology lately. Like, I don't know what it is. Everything's breaking, nothing is working, and that's why I wanted to do like a formal introduction for this um, podcast because I finally got two mics to work, but it is so staticky and crunchy and I'm just like why but the good thing is is that if you really look past or listen past the static it is such a great conversation with two amazing people I had the opportunity to record with um, my friend Josh and my new friend Adelaide and they are both such inspirations to me like in every aspect. They are both leaders in our community. They're both wonderful parents, wonderful partners, um, like professionals. They they just do so much of everything and I don't even think that they realize it. Like I understand that we are all in different places of our life and we all, you know, are inspiring new people every day. But I just hope that they know the impact and the power that they have in their like circles and maybe not even in their circles like beyond that and I just hope that this is a chance to spread or to show other people like all of the wonderful wisdom and love that they have to offer because I am still amazed like I was sitting in their living room on the floor and they were sitting on the couch and I just felt like a kid like I was just taking in what they had to say um and I, I'm just so excited for you guys to listen but another thing that I was gonna say is my recording like this this podcast is my first time ever recording or interviewing with someone that I don't know like it was my first time meeting Adelaide so I didn't know how I was going to approach it. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be awkward or uncomfortable. Like, I didn't know because I just never know what I'm going to be like in social situations. Like, So I was really nervous. Um, and I feel like you can pick that up throughout the podcast. But overall, I'm just so excited for you guys to listen. Seriously, like, it is 120 minutes. Oh, pff, wait, it is? That was a lie. It's like 80 minutes, so an hour and 20 minutes of just great stuff. You can jump in at any point of this podcast, and I promise there will be something that you can take from it. Like, just so good, so grateful, and yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time because it is so long already, Um, but I hope you guys really enjoy this, and yeah, here we go. Let's give us the rundown. Sure, I'll go first. Um, I am the wife. And, uh, my name is Adelaide. Um, I am a natural hairstylist of 20 plus years. Um, I'm also an educator. Um, so I've taught internationally and domestically. And shut up. Shut up. Um, and yeah, I'm just really passionate about making sure that people have an experience that they will not only not forget, but that is full of integrity and um, attention, paying attention to detail. Like I think that is, that's huge when it comes to our hair yeah. and in this industry. So yeah, that's basically what I do. Okay, so that's cool. 
Thanks. I love that. I didn't know 20 years. This is the first time I'm meeting her, too. So I'm like, so I'm so impressed this whole time. I feel like I'm going to be learning. So I'm like, okay, cool. Wait, what do you mean 20 years? I've been doing hair for over 20 years. I started professionally at 15. So I'm like, what, almost 16 years in now? 16, 17 years in. So have you just always known this is what you want to do? No, it chose me. Okay. Yeah, I, I tried to run. Really? So I got my undergrad in, uh, a, I got a BS in psychology from ASU, and it was amazing, and I was very confident that I'd be a therapist. Wow. Um, and then God said no. And uh, so I was obedient, and it was very hard no, because it was not, it was not something that people deemed as respectable as being an academic. And so I struggled a lot with, like, having to choose being creative or being an academic. And my obedience was staying in an industry where I had no clue where it would take me whatsoever. Um, Now I own the premier natural hair salon in uh, Arizona. And I was mentored and continued to be, like, sculpted by my business partner, um, Essence Farmer, who she started the uh, natural salon. Um, it's called Rarison Studio, and she actually fought the state to not have to have a license to do natural hair because they don't teach this, which is why we started a school as well. Oh. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I've just been on this journey where she trusted me four years ago yeah. to continue carrying the torch and running and operating the salon. And now we, you know, we have the academy, and we have, and I mainly operate the salon, but we really work as a team to yeah. try to make some impact in this, so in this culture. <laughs> See, like, you were introducing yourself when we talked about this last week a little bit, but you're acting like it's not a big deal, and I'm like, oh my God, like, I serve coffee, so I'm like, this is amazing. It's, it matters. Like, yeah. you, what you do matters, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it is, I think that when we do step in that obedience, mm-hmm. I think it gives God an opportunity to, like, trust us and... Right. I feel like I just, I answered, I said yes sooner than I expected to. Yeah. And it just, it took me places I never could have imagined. I love yeah. that. And I want to talk a little bit more about yeah. that in a little yeah. bit. But do you want to give your introduction to? <laughs> Go ahead, babe. Try to Don't you start I'm just the husband. Don't you start the husband. international <laughs> No school owning husband. But I work at a school. <laughs> Which uh, you do matter. I am. Okay. <laughs> Sure. Joshua. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I am Josh. My full name is Joshua, but I always go by Josh, um, which I feel like I'm starting to get like better at just being like, you know, this is my name. I think I grew up always being like, such a white name. Uh, what? So that's, what I, that's what I was always told. It was like, it's, it is. It's crazy. It's a thing. All right. Joshua? Joshua, yes. They always they've always told me like different friends and people I grew up with. It is biblical. <laughs> and that's not my own get it. But I don't know. It made me self conscious uh-huh. about my name for a while. Um, just being accepted. That whole thing is that's a journey. We're not gonna go down that. No, path. but it's a good okay, I was going to ask do you like to go by your first name, like both of you, or do you always give people the option or a nickname? I no longer <laughs> give people the option. I just go by Adelaide. 
Um, uh-huh. It took me a long time to embrace it, too. Yeah. Because I have a very old old name. Oh, yeah. so you should hear her full name. No, Say your full name. Okay. I'm named uh-huh. after all my grandmothers. Well, <laughs> most of my grandmothers. And then my maiden name is Dale. So my Second full name. name is Adelaide Elaine Beverly Dale. Oh, baby. So now it's Adelaide Elaine Beverly Good. And it is ancient. So when I went yeah. to go change my name, uh, the teller literally laughed. I was like, what's funny? They're like, you're Adelaide? I'm like, yeah. I was expecting a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> They really said this to me, and I was cracking up at the social security office. I'm like, what the heck? Nobody has ever. But I'm all old people have my name, so yeah. I'm named after my nana. That's so pretty, though. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It took a long time to embrace, so now I will. I really prefer for people to call me Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. And the only people that really call me Joshua is like my family. Yeah, and me. I've always called you. You are my family. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, it has been, yeah, that's like a whole thing. But yeah. I, I am starting to embrace it. Yeah. And people have started calling me that. And I'm like, it's a little like uncomfortable at first. Because I'm mm. like, I don't, unless I was in trouble or mm. I knew my wife was talking to me. That's when I knew like, that was my name. Mm-hmm. But it was never like other people saying and stating it. Um, anyways, I am, let's uh, Um. I am a counselor currently mm-hmm. in the schools. I taught for seven years. I worked in after school programs through college. Um, I think a lot of my work is just centered around the youth um, yeah. and just mentoring and ensuring that they have the resources they need to be successful, the resources they need to be like human beings in the world and mm-hmm. functioning human beings and loving and caring and respectful. And I think we. I also give them an experience of a black man in the mm-hmm. you know, education industry mm-hmm. as a whole, um, especially in Arizona where that's like very slim pickings of black males in education mm-hmm. um, in general. So I think it gives everybody a good perspective. And, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much like it. I mean, I do photography. Yeah. I just do it now. I don't really. You're good. Sure. Oh, okay. We're um, in their living room, like, surrounded by beautiful things. And he's like, I, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm decent. Oh, no. I mean, so obviously, I feel like both of you guys have had experiences, have had your moments of, like, who am I? Yeah. Where am I going? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I was telling you guys earlier is I want to talk to you about that because... Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you as an outsider and thinking, like, oh, my gosh, look, they got it figured out. Like, you guys have, right, like, <laughs> you guys have the marriage, like, you found your partner, you have yeah. your kids, you have your family, you have your careers that you're very much rooted in and yeah. you're proud of. And a lot of us, like, especially in my, like, where I am, I feel like, in my life, I'm like, when am I going to get there? Or, yeah. or I was telling you earlier, like, this is just kind of a part of my life that I dream about or I have been dreaming about. Like you're 18 and you give yourself this goal of, I'm going to be married at 25 and I'm yep. going to have my first kid at this age and I'm going to be a millionaire by 32 and everyone's going to have, like, yeah. you know, it's just we create because we have so much time to dream and 
to know what the next step is going to be, especially in school. And when you're out of it, it's like, oh, I have to do this by myself. There are so many different twists and turns. So what have you guys, like, as an outsider, you're in that dream life stage. How is it different from when you guys were dreaming about this part of your life? I think that we didn't have an opportunity to dream about that part of our life, like in the sense that most people do, because we got together like as babies. Yeah. When I met her, I was 17 years old, yeah. um, and so that comes with a lot of responsibility to be thinking that far ahead. Yeah. Um, and I think we just were going through it, like we just mm-hmm. were doing it. Yeah. So, being that young and having to grow together creates. <laughs> this whole like concept of relationship of our own, but we weren't really like, this is what, you know, this is how we are going to dream or it just was like, this is what we kind of wanted for ourselves. But like, I never looked at it as like that. Like you're like, by this time I'm going to hit this, I'm going to hit this age and I'm going to be, I'm just like, just going with the flow Mm -hmm. and everything else just kind of came through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I never thought I'd be married or have children. Oh wow. Ever. Um yeah, it so it was a Joshua was literal. He was <laughs> the biggest faith step I had taken. Like yeah. I knew I was going to go to school um because I was determined to not be what I saw growing up. I'm originally from the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, I've I've experienced things that uh, I was like, I never want, I don't want that life. Yeah. That's that's not what I want. Um, but I never saw marriage. I never saw healthy relationships. Mm. Um, and so it was nothing I aspired to have. I had to take care of kids very young. Mm. Um, so I was not interested in having them yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Joshua really changed that like his family his parents were the first parents that i saw actually love each other yeah they've been they've been together they stayed together they were faithful to each other they were kind to each other and they loved their children and i was like oh my god this i could i want that Mm -hmm. that's something that now like i feel like is tangible um Mm -hmm. i really didn't see it like at all and so um yeah Joshua really helped inspire me to be that, but it was never like, oh, now I'm about to be somebody's wife, or no, I did not go to go to college with the intention to have a boyfriend at all. I was like, I'm going to be the rich auntie. Mm. I was so sure of that. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm going to rule the world, <laughs> and I'm going to be rich auntie, and Joshua was like, aha, no. Yeah. Snatched me up right before we started school. <laughs> he is my first boyfriend and oh, so wow. I it was a real leap of faith of like I ain't playing like and <laughs> even when we started dating well when he asked me I was like what are your expectations because I don't know what that means to be your girlfriend and it's so a real business transaction. oh it was I was very well, serious I, yeah I wasn't my mom always told me books and boys don't mix mm. so I went to school ready to I was very serious about my education <laughs> probably too serious for any of my friends Um, (laughs) but I was not there on I was there yes I had some scholarships but I had to pay for my education I had to get it my life depended on it and so um yeah it was it was very serious for me so 
meeting Joshua and then deciding to be in a relationship, I had no clue what it meant mm. at all. Um, and so I did ask him and I did not say yes until he came back with some expectations because yeah. I didn't know what I was signing up for. Um, however, <laughs> later on, <laughs> what I did have me and my best friend, we've been best friends since like our sophomore year in high school. We did have the conversation of, okay, by this time, I kind I think yeah. I want to be married and have kids. And we literally, um, just spent like, a, I, I went and had like a solo trip, um, to prepare myself before the, you know, my third baby. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking like we, we've accomplished a lot of those things and mm. some of them before the time we anticipated. Mm. Um, and it's kind of really cool seeing that we both are like living this for real yeah. where we don't know exactly how, yeah. uh, but you know, for us, we're just like, well, we, we put in the time, I guess we put in the work and here we are. That's yeah. my perspective. That's her, That's my perspective. That was your perspective, <laughs> and it was so beautiful. Don't <laughs> and, and nice. Why? What? What makes it different than yours? Because my perspective is I grew up in a household with two parents. Yeah. And my perspective of that relationship was very minimal in regard to what an actual relationship takes mm-hmm. to be consistent and to be like I saw it, but it wasn't explained to me. And if you know me. I am very, I am visual (laughs) as well as like everything. Like I have to see here, like everything, like to be able to like keep it in my brain. So growing up, while she saw the perspective of my parents, it was something foreign to her. Mm. So it was brand new to her. And on my end, I didn't know what it meant to like actually be married. I just saw my parents doing it, but I didn't know what it meant to be married. Mm and what it actually takes and what I should be ready for. Yeah. So there's so many things there. Um, and she was not my first girlfriend. So there were others before that that I learned from and that like I was able to grow a little bit with. Mm-hmm. But I also was in those relationships with no concept of what it meant. Yeah. Because when I first started dating, I technically was not supposed to be dating based on what my parents said. They're like, you shouldn't be dating. You're not supposed to have a girlfriend. And I was like, like first official girlfriend was high school, freshman year of high school. Oh my and I was maybe 13 or 14. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so that was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was afraid to kiss this girl at first because I was like, I've never done any of this. And <laughs> I just don't know. And I didn't really have those conversations with my parents. Yeah. So that led to a lot of other stuff. And I think I was just, being obedient to my parents and mm. not being obedient to myself. So like my mom always is like, you should go and find a Christian woman. You need mm. to make sure she look like this. Make sure she do that. Make sure she take care of you. Like it was just those things. And I was like, that's what I just was looking for. But I didn't realize like how that served her mostly than mm. more so than it did me. Um, and so that's why I say it's just a different perspective because I didn't, get the tools I actually needed mm-hmm. from two people that were highly capable of it. We just never had those conversations, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and on her end, she's like, I never saw this. So anything yeah. that I see is going to be like, yeah. you know, the, the best for me because I've never experienced it. So I think we both have different perspectives on that portion of it. Yeah. But yeah. So then I guess I feel like kind of what you were saying mm-hmm. and 
you have expectations like from your parents or from anyone in your life who yeah. they tell you this is what you need to have or this is what you should find in a partner for it to be successful like in your relationship how do you know like okay this is this is what I need to be successful you know I don't even know how to phrase that question but it's like how do you know that these are the expectations that work for you I think that it's about knowing who I don't believe you you arrive at knowing who you are. I believe it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who you are and what you need at that time, that takes time to discover. Mm-hmm. You can't just automatically wake up and be like, I'm just going to watch this movie and then I'm going to accept these as my values. Like mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time by myself to really understand what I can't tolerate, what I can't tolerate. It made me vigilant. It also made me a little militant to a certain mm-hmm. degree. But I also was very clear on my boundaries and, and what I could offer. Yeah. Um, and so, like, keeping my virginity was important to me. Mm-hmm. Making sure that, like, I'm not, I've never been one to go out. That's, like, not my thing. So mm-hmm. if you try to force me to do that, that's going to create a problem. Yeah. If that's something that's a problem for yeah. you. And I was a person that did that. And he did all those things. I and tried, I'm just, like. I tried to get, he tried. And he tried. Yeah. And I'm, like, you know this before. But I also knew that I would never compromise my relationship with God. And if that's something that you decide, you you thought you could infiltrate, yeah. <laughs> it would it would set you up. So I knew my like core things about myself yeah. um, before inviting somebody into my experience. Um, but also seeing what they wait what they expect from me mm-hmm. and seeing if I can even meet that expectation. Yeah. But a lot of people. They don't do that analyzation because they're so infatuated right. by what they think or the potential they think they can have with somebody mm-hmm. um, that they're not willing to do the initial work to make sure that it's actually compatible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think it's also funny you said that because you were saying like everybody arrives in their own way, mm-hmm. like and they only grow in their own way, but like everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was funny that you say that because, like, my journey needed a portion of her. You yeah. see what I'm saying? To, like, arrive. Like, some people have an idea of finding who you are as, like, I'm going to the mountains and I'm going to be a monk and pray <laughs> yeah. every day and then meditate and I'll come to the realization of who I am. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, not always going to be the case for everyone Mm -hmm. and for me it wasn't the case like I think a part of becoming who I was was like definitely dependent upon a portion of what she gave me in the midst of that because if she was like I'm not going to compromise for this and I was like come on it's just one time we'll only we'll be back by 12 it's okay she's like no I'm not trying to go and I'm like oh my god but everybody's like looking at you and like I'm just out here and there's nobody with me and I'm like this is it and then she's just like, but no, I'm not going to do it. And I don't care how people feel about me. And then that gave me, like, a sense of, like, okay, this is different. Mm-hmm. She's different. It's a good different, but I don't know about it right now, different. Yeah. <laughs> so It's hard it doing was, that at 18, it, 17, yeah, I was 18. stupid young. Like, it just didn't make, yeah. it, it made me grow up a little bit as we got older and eventually get married and all that stuff. And yeah myself a little more mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've really like started to settle into who I am until I was like 30 yeah. 
Like, you know, like, I didn't feel like I truly trusted the process that yeah. we had together. And, like, no pun intended, because we don't trust yeah, the process. Yeah, no, I was like, yes. But, uh... Um, <laughs> no, no, it's it's ingrained in our brain. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's, like, a part of it. Like, sometimes we think it's just our single mm-hmm. journey, and it's just us. When I'm ready, and now I've got all my life together... When I get to this, yeah. then I'll be ready for this. And it was like, if I didn't, if I did that, I wouldn't have my kids. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have what I have now. Well, even with all the stuff in between, yeah. the ups and downs, the breakups, the I'm mad at you, I hate you, I, like all of that in yeah. between, it is like it's important. It, it helped us grow. Like mm-hmm. anybody else would go through trials and tribulations as a single person. We just did it together. Yeah. Um, which isn't for everybody, but it yeah. worked for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I'm kind of in that, like, weird space where sometimes I find myself, like, oh, I have to do this by myself. And if I just sit with myself and really focus and yeah. just don't let anybody in, everything's going to work out for me. But kind of like, and I mean, even just, like, hearing your guys' story, too, he definitely changed the way that you went in your life. Like, if you guys didn't meet, you would not be here. Who knows where you would be? I'd be a rich auntie. It's just exactly. And alone. Because I was the one that she was like, do I go to psychology or do I? In therapy. Wait, really? Yeah. 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 Or do I do hair? It was a pivotal moment of like, God said no, and that was it. There was no explanation of the no. And I was, I sat with Joshua in full tears of, I, I don't know what to do. And he literally, I will never forget the words. You're not crying because you can't do research. You're crying because you can't do hair. Yeah. You know your answer. And in that moment, I'm just like, oh my God, if I didn't have wisdom, if I didn't have somebody who just saw me and loved me enough to help me make this huge decision mm-hmm. without consequences of how it would affect them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here today for sure. But I, back to what you were saying, too, like, it is, it's important to know how you learn. It's important to know, like, how you, dis, like, what your discovery process is. But I do think that it's still a discovery process, and it's a matter of, well, what road do you want to take? Mm-hmm. But, again, most people just don't take enough time to be still enough to say, this is what I need. This is what I like. Yeah. They don't even know themselves mm-hmm. enough, like, you don't know your favorite color unless somebody tell you yeah. or unless you see a trending color on social media, you know, like yeah. those little things. And so it is like what what brings you joy? What what makes you sad? Uh-huh. What hurts you? Like yeah. knowing those things are super important. And I, again, being a middle child, yeah. <laughs> I did spend a lot of time alone. I spent mm-hmm. and not not to the fault of my mom or my yeah. siblings. It just was what it was. Um, but it gave me an opportunity. I love to read. So, you know, my Angela is like my favorite author of all time. And so, um, (laughs) you know, it gave me an opportunity to discover in Mm. literature, like what connects me Mm. to people, to, to experiences. And I was definitely, um, I've been called an old lady since I was like six. So. Idols were there no I, I think I you know, yeah, I just I've been an old soul, I guess, 
my whole life, but I, I don't take it. I don't take life casual as casually sometimes. So it, yeah. it's harder for me to like wind down than it is to be like more serious about like what I have to do and while I'm here on this earth. Yeah. Like it's serious to me. I'm, Probably too serious sometimes. I, mean, I feel like it's nice so you do everything with purpose. Like yeah. and But it's, that makes it stressful because yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I feel like some of us are just designed to, and I just get to do it. But I, I'm like, it's, we're not going to be here forever, and I want to make it count. Yeah, if the whole world was chill, we would get nothing done. I mean. Balance. I feel like it's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a work in progress. Yeah. We trust the process. So then what, in those moments where you were changing and making new decisions, like, you guys are definitely different people than you were when you were 18. Mm-hmm. How have you learned to accept those changes or adapt to those changes? Mm-hmm. We, we talk about this more frequently now, but things that we both liked when we were 18 when, and we like created our relationship around yeah. music, movies, whatever, you know, um, that's shifted. It's changed. Like, she, she was a huge Beyonce fan. And not so much anymore. She loved, like, certain music and, like, going and, like, going to concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of those concerts, she just doesn't want to go to anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was a struggle for me, change-wise, because I was so used to what we were mm-hmm. and not who we were becoming. So I wasn't allowing myself, like, the open-mindedness mm-hmm. to be, like, this is what is going on. Like, yeah. this is what we're now moving into. And you can either go with me or you can remain where you are and struggle. And I think that was kind of like, that's the nature of our relationship. She is the one that kind of like really leads the way when it comes to um, faith and spirituality. And, mm-hmm. and that's her thing. And I'm more earthly wisdom and things that I'm experiencing because of the field I'm in, because of the people I'm around, and the things that I see that she normally does not see. Mm-hmm. And so I think we use each other in that way. So it's like a change now that I'm like more understanding of, yeah. but I think it's helpful to understand that that's kind of how we play. Like it's back yeah. and forth um, versus just being like, well, one person is doing all the leading. I think we lead in different ways. Yeah. Um, and that change was difficult to deal with uh, because I think I had made it like the foundation of the relationship. Yeah. And not who she is at the center and what she provides not only to me but to other people, to my kids. Um, like those things are important and I didn't want it just to be the foundation. Like this is this is who we were, why did and I just didn't understand that at first. Right. So when change happens over time, you have to change with your partner. When you're married and you take it serious and you're trying to be better, you have to learn that you're never going to be the same person. Mm. Each stage of life, you like transform, you're different, and your partner has to find ways to like embrace that change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult when it first happens. Yeah. And so it first happened for us recently, and that is another shift. And so... Yeah, I think it's just us now trying to navigate those different changes mm-hmm. than it is um, us trying to fight them. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah um, I think in the <laughs> long side. <laughs> I, no, I lose my breath all the time because, you know, I have a whole human yeah. growing in me. Shut up. <laughs> I got that, though. Um, so, yeah, it. I, I guess I'm naturally more of an adaptable person because I've had to be my entire life, not in the best situations. Um, and so change is not scary to me. Like, I understand things are going to change all the time. I low-key anticipate change. I'm like oh, God, when is it about to change type thing? Not yeah. I, I've never had, like, this stable enough environment to know what to expect every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that bringing that to our relationship, I was a little less concerned about how things were going to change because I knew they were, but mm-hmm. it didn't mean that it wasn't going to affect me. And mm-hmm. I think that I, I, didn't, I didn't look at the effects of the change more than I looked at mm-hmm. the action of, of the change. Um, and so, you know, along the way, it's just like, I can manage and compartmentalize these things in my brain. Cause I'm very concrete with mm-hmm. certain things. Um, and I try to like make them make sense in their own little <laughs> compartments. Um, but there were some things that just weren't as tangible for me that like, I could try to figure it out on my own for as long as I could until I got help until I saw a therapist, until I have got a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely believe in wisdom and accountability. And so at this stage of my life where now, like, I want to make sure that I'm embracing things very intentionally, mm-hmm. I, I need help to do those things because I don't know how to do them to sustain me for mm-hmm. 50 more years in marriage. Yeah. Um, and so my, my mentor in marriage specifically you know, (laughs) it was a whole miracle how she came. Like, it wasn't on purpose. I didn't know I needed one, but I just really went on this journey that he's kind of referring to in the last, like, two years. It's just been, like, recalibrating, Mm -hmm. really understanding myself. Where before, I could, may sound, like, harsh, but I could care less what anybody else does. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I cared less about what my husband did or didn't do, that was a problem that was that made me super calloused mm-hmm. to where I was willing to quote quote outgrow him in certain areas and mm-hmm. not be willing to support him or nurture him or give him an opportunity to get to a place versus create unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. for him um, that put him in a situation that could create resentment. Mm-hmm. And those things absolutely did create resentment and yeah. strife in our relationship. Um, until I became softer and more aware mm-hmm. that, oh, I contribute to him not changing as much as I want him to change because I'm not a good environment for him to do it. I'm not soft enough. I'm yeah. not I'm not a good resting place because I'm, I was so rigid in making sure that you meet this, you meet this, you meet this. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm so much more open to like embracing how he does it. Yeah. And... It took, it literally took everything for me to do it, but it took me letting go of my pride, letting go of my, my way, letting go of my, um, letting go of my ability to control things and being willing to listen. Oh God. And that's the hardest part of like really lowering, having to be quiet when you 
always have to have a voice, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> and it's hard to do that. It's hard to embrace those changes when yeah. you want to dictate them. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like we're in a 99% better place than we were before because now we are more open to each other's change because mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't be willing I can't expect you to be willing to do something I'm not even willing to do. So how do I even demonstrate it? So that's been the journey of, like, how to demonstrate me being softer, how to demonstrate me being kinder, me being open, me listening, me not rebutting everything because mm -hmm. I'm too strong. Yeah. You know, me, me being... <laughs> Me demonstrating that to my kids, too, because I'm mm. like, I know how to be strong, but I don't know how to be soft. Mm. I don't know how to be gentle. I don't know how to say it nicely sometimes. Yeah. And I have a, I got a mouth. Yeah. I know how to use it and not in a way that always builds people up, okay? Right. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's been a lot, of, a lot of, of reflecting and embracing that like, I always knew I'd never be that 19-year-old girl again, that's yeah. that 18-year-old girl again. But I realized that there were things that still attracted him to that 18 and 19-year-old girl. And so how do I, how do we rediscover that part? That was weird. Uh, Shut up, Joshua. The initial, the initial <laughs> attraction of, like, what brought us together. And I realized, like, I was more fun. I had mm -hmm. less to stress about. I could be present. Mm -hmm. And now operating businesses and doing all the things and yeah. all the things and trying to be everything to everyone. Like, I'm like, uh, I actually need to be someone to you first. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't doing that. I wasn't, I wanted him to make me a priority and I wasn't doing that to him. Yeah. So now it's just like, let me check in with Joshua. Yeah. Let me, let me get to know him and oh. then he can get to know me again. You know, so it's like an, another opportunity to rediscover yeah. each other now. Yeah. And I feel like you both like talked about it a little bit, but you both keep going back to like your faith and like yeah. this is what grounds us. Like this is what like when all of this was going crazy, I just had to pray on it. Like yeah. how do you feel or I mean, there's so many ways this question could go, but yeah. I just feel like where would you be without this faith? Like how do you feel your faith has developed or molded your relationship through those changes? Because, or just through love, like, because I feel like it's, to me, it's important to me and seeing how it's been so influential in yeah. your guys' life. Yeah. Oh, we wouldn't have made it. Yeah. <laughs> I, from my perspective, yeah. um, love is not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. It's harsh, but. I don't know who thought who is who's the one who wrote that in stone. Be like, mm -hmm. oh, you better love is no. It is not enough. It's not going to be the thing that mm -hmm. that keeps you um, because when life happens, it's really hard to love someone through pain. It's really hard to love them through trauma. It's really hard to love them through grief. Yeah. It's really, really, really hard to even love yourself mm -hmm. through those spaces. And so, for me, from the beginning of our relationship you know i knew my relationship with god just couldn't be touched yeah. it was just i i had read this one thing from maya angelo and it just said that there has to be an untouchable space from no one and that's mm -hmm. only a space god can reserve mm -hmm. like no one can touch it and i i never let it go yeah. and i'm like if 
my husband does anything, if my if he could leave tomorrow, yeah. and God will still be here with me. Mm-hmm. If anything could happen, like literally anything can happen in the world, it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that relationship with God, like I'm gonna just crumble with it. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like I get an opportunity to steward my relationship, to serve in my relationship. I feel like, and I told Joshua this a long time ago, but I'm like, oh, God told me that you were the one Mm -hmm. in the beginning before I even knew you. I saw him and I knew he was the one. It was, I don't even know how it was. (laughs) Um, I don't even, like, I can't really fully explain it. It was just like, it was so, but I didn't pursue anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know you. And unless it's going to be a miracle if it happened, you know. Um, and even when he said, I love you first, I'm just like, why? that's that's interesting. That's cool. You said why? No, she said why. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. But it was because I, I, needed, I needed God to prove something to me, and I needed him to prove something to me, which is not God's job to prove anything to me. But, yeah. um, but it helped to sustain me in our relationship and now it, you know it's it's literally carried me through every single stage of mm-hmm. of realizing that I couldn't put him before God realize mm-hmm. that I couldn't and this was a couple years in our relationship and and God like snatched me up real quick because I'm just like obsessed okay yeah. with Joshua at this point <laughs> and he's just like yeah no yeah. uh don't you ever put nobody before me and I was like bet I'd never do it again um and then, you know, through through trauma, through yeah. like through all the stages that has that have happened through redemption, through mm-hmm. forgiveness and grace and all of those things, it's just like he's actually made me exercise them. Mm-hmm. Like the real fruits mm-hmm. in the hardest ways. Yeah. Here first. Like in marriage first. Mm-hmm. And so now I I feel like I get to experience God differently because I get to submit myself to my husband. Yeah. And, yeah, it's the hardest thing to do yeah. in life. But the reward has been unreal because now I feel like <laughs> I ha- we have a relationship that I'm just like, I can barely recognize sometimes, yeah. you know, because of it. So, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> Really want to know? No, yes, it don't have to be the um, same. Because <laughs> it's not. It's okay. It's definitely not. My faith. You know how they say like you have to have a faith of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Like me, I am a mustard seed. Like bare minimum faith. Yeah. That was me growing up. Uh, we always had to go to church. Mm-hmm. Always at church on Sunday or go to vacation Bible school mm-hmm. or join the Cub Scouts at church. And it's just like always a thing. And I yeah. just, this is, we go, we go because of this. We go because of this. Yeah. And so I just went. Um, and I found out that I was really good at acting. Mm. I acted through all of it. I didn't feel it. I just was acting through it. Mm-hmm. And so at a really young age, I started asking questions about it. And my parents were like, what do you, why? And I just would ask. And I'd be like six, seven years old. And I'm like, so why is the world like this? And if God did this, why is it? So I started questioning everything. And yeah. that 
questioning can deter you so much from faith that you don't even recognize it anymore and it all becomes fallacy and i think to me i started reading things um, when i got to college i took religions of the world and philosophy in the same semester worst semester of my entire <laughs> college career that's true i'm not lying like it tore me apart mm -hmm, yeah. and it was because it challenged everything that i once thought was truth yeah. and i had no grounding mm -hmm. so i'm like whatever okay like this is what this is and yeah. um when i say bad i, I had like a one point something yeah it was like, a it was, it was so bad and i never uh -huh. had a gpa like that in my life yeah. um but I just was, I sunk after that. Um, and for the next four, five, six years, it was just a constant battle of like, I don't love myself. I do. I don't. I don't like this. I don't know where I, why am I here? I don't know if I can deal with this. What if this doesn't exist? Like, it's just constant. Mm -hmm. And so my faith has always been like a work in progress. So when she says she was outgrowing, she was outgrowing me spiritually, mm -hmm. but like, I was the one like growing in a different way and it was more earthly growth and that in itself was like an issue because mm -hmm. I was depending more upon what was here and what was tangible and what I could see in front of me mm -hmm. without putting faith in something else. And so that's why I said the mustard seed. Like I was like bare minimum. I had, didn't give up, but it just felt like I should have. Yeah. So now in our relationship, she's been really good at not pushing me mm -hmm. to do something, but to allow me to experience and she just live how she's living. And I get to experience some of that and some of the things that have happened to us um, through that obedience on her end. And it helps to spark that mm -hmm. faith in you. And just seeing things throughout our relationship and even where I'm at right now, like I'm not 100% where she is. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm now at like 55-ish percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm past the, the marker of like, all right, this isn't just fake. Yeah. Um, because of the things that I've experienced, even lately, the transformations I've seen in people, um, the transformations I've seen in her alone mm. through faith. Um, and there's a couple people that I look to when it comes to that. And it's her, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally was just talking to him today, too. And I just sent him a message, like a voice message, of like how proud I, have, I am of him and like just the growth that he's had. Um, but AJ, Eskia, yeah. Stuart, like it's like a little brother to me. And he recently just got ordained. Like he's running like like triathlons and like oh. ranking like and he's only been doing it within the last like year or so and he's like killing it and his like the growth in that sport from like you know the time he started to now i'm watching i'm like wow like this is amazing yeah. um and I, and I watch people who truly pour in and they're not just speaking words of faith yeah. they're like actually putting themselves into it and inspiring and for so long i know he, he looked up to me because i helped him, you know photography and we had that in common and i was always older than him but like i also look up to him and i and i see the growth spiritually mm -hmm. and i'm like dude like everything has come to you and everything you've touched has been perfect like mm -hmm. it may not be perfect but it's 
for you. Like, it's perfect for you. Um, and so I'm still a work in progress, but I think that it's still, like, it's it's there. It's in the center of things. I just yeah. have to find consistency. I have to find yeah. consistency. Have you always been super into your faith? Like, is that something you've always relied on? Or, or was it always kind of forced on you? Like, how is it that you've fallen into your faith? That's a great question. No, I really... Maybe it sounds weird, I don't know, but I feel like God chose me. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, it was never forced. Mm-hmm. Like, we went to church, but nobody did, nobody had relationship. It was a, mm-hmm. it was religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was about, I'll never forget, I was like 15. Yeah, I was 15. It's actually the same church that me and my business partner met at when I was 15. Um, and, uh one of our favorite speakers, pastors, whatever, um, I, I call him a teacher, Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, he came to speak, and he is, like, literally world-renowned. Like, this man is the walking evidence that God is real to us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, in just his conviction and his, like, his, how he literally lives out his life. Um, he He's passed on by now. But I remember listening to him speak and it became like serious to me it became real to me um and it's so crazy i actually looked in one of my old bibles and i have notes from that exact thing which like blows my mind um but it was when i was about 15 i just made the decision i'm just like no i i really really like want to do this and so i started doing it and i was alone Mm. completely like my mom they went to church sometimes but I decided to go by myself. Mm-hmm. So I was by myself in church at like six, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. I would find my own rides because nobody would take me, you know. Um, and my family, they, they've been up and down with their faith. And, mm-hmm. and that was never like a, I mean, it hurt sometimes because I'm like, I felt alone in the walk. But not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I feel like I was always surrounded by someone that like could hear me and understood the experiences that I was having that like God was really using me yeah. and um so yeah after after that that time frame like even leading right up into college I I'm like no I make a conscious decision to make sure that I establish and maintain a real relationship with mm-hmm. God not I don't want to just go to church yeah. it took me a while to even I still don't always go to church, but I'm like, but I have to have devotion time. I, I like, mm-hmm. I can't function low-key with, I feel completely thrown off if I, like, when I lose that, that rhythm, because it literally gives favor to every single thing mm-hmm. that I, that I feel like I do. Like, I don't have any balance in my life if that is thrown off for me, mm-hmm. um, And the past, like, two years, I've really been able to discover how to do that and, like, how to prioritize it. Um, Because before it was just, like, a little bit here and there or whatever. But now, like, there's a different level of obedience Mm -hmm. because of how much more intentional I am about making sure that I maintain that part of my life. And nothing, it will never be exempt from anything that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so my business is surrounded by my faith. My the school is surrounded by our faith. The, every, 
my nonprofit is surrounded by like my faith cannot be omitted from these things because that is what literally drives me mm-hmm. um, and my mentor said this to me and I just feel very led to say it um, because I hope that someone along the way doesn't feel like their partner needs to be where they are for them to work mm-hmm. um, and I hear it all the time like if he doesn't believe what I believe or if she doesn't believe how I believe and what I believe my mentor said if he never gets to where you think he's going to be, will he be enough? Do you think God loves him less? Mm-hmm. And it changed. I'm like, how was I not? I didn't think of it. Mm-hmm. And for and at one point, I'm like, well, God has to love me more because I do more. And she's like, that's not the qualifier. Mm-hmm. She's very, I, I need to be like talked to like, you about to whoop me type thing. You know, <laughs> low key. And she's very... No this is what I know Um, (laughs) but she's like very straight to the point with me like girl get it together type thing you know Um, but she's just she literally said so clearly Joshua can make however many mistakes in his life and God would still never love him less than he loves you and it it broke me down to a whole different degree because I felt like I was operating that God should love him less because Mm -hmm. he's made mistakes or he, it is, it is, but in my whole heart, like, I'm like, well, he, he I, I love God for, for us. I love him enough for both of us. And it's like, no, it, you can't love God enough for anybody. That's, that's not dependent on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you still operate in your assignment? Can you be the wife that you're supposed to be, even if he can't be the husband that you think he should be? Mm-hmm. And so it changed how I had to then learn how to operate with him because I wasn't going by God's standard of being a wife. I was going by the world's standard of being a wife. Mm -hmm. And it was wrecking us. But I was also putting the world's expectations on how he should show up as a husband, Mm -hmm. and it was never fulfilling me. Mm -hmm. And so when it shifted, it was like, if I can't be the wife that God designed me to be for him, he'll never reach any place he's supposed to be and I don't want to do that through manipulation mm-hmm. I don't want to do that through like putting unrealistic expectations I just have to show up and if if he's not having a good day am I going to be kind yeah. if he's struggling am I going to tear him down or am I going to be his friend mm-hmm. can I be gentle can I allow him to rest can I not allow him to have an answer mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um can he struggle can we struggle and we just go through it together it shifted everything in me because i listened to those words and i hope that somebody like really hears it that that you can't do that nobody's gonna be perfect Mm -hmm. no nobody's gonna have it (laughs) nobody's gonna have it all together he might come and he might not be quote quote spiritually the same place you are but is it enough are you still assigned? And vice versa. Yeah. Because I think that there's expectations on my end, too. Yeah. And what I was serving in her life. Because yeah. it sounds a lot like, you know, just one-sided when we talk about spirituality. But yeah. then I think just existing in the world, yeah. like, wisdom-wise, I use a lot of that for her when it comes to our parenting style, when yeah. it comes to... Um, how we operate and do things in our household and out of our household. Um, I try to give her, like, perspective 
on how things are seen outside of, you know, what she sees. Because sometimes that can be when we're so focused and locked in to mm-hmm. our faith. I think that sometimes it blinds you from like, this is reality. And this mm-hmm. is where you have to meet people. And I have to do that on a daily with things I may not agree with, with things that I may like see and I'm like, I don't understand. But I have to be there for those kids in a certain capacity to reach yeah. them. And I tell her all the time, like, while you are there and you see it, you have to find a way to reach the people that are around you. Yeah. Because you can't just walk in this life and think that everything is just going to be people seeing you doing well and I'm going to get there too. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't work like that. Like, I think of students who are, like, struggling, struggling. When I was teaching, and I'm like, this kid is absolutely struggling. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting it. They're not understanding. And you look at the other kids, they're, like, flying through it. Everybody's got it. Boom, 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 boom. And then when I started understanding that and giving them a different type of attention, um, different type of focus, and giving them what they needed um, and just boosting their confidence, you saw a rise. And that kid, like, specifically that kid, Went from like a fourth grade reading level to on level by the time I was done with them. And that to me was like, if I would have just said, keep reaching what that kid is doing. Just look at that kid. Follow, take their notes just like that kid is. If I kept doing that or saying that, like they would have never reached that point. So the same thing happens when it comes to like learning, whether it's faith, whether it's real life things that are happening here. Like you have to be able to meet people where they're at sometimes to get an understanding of who they are mm-hmm. so that way you can learn how to grow together um, in certain capacities. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to grow faster in one area than the other. Yeah. But and I, it's not yeah. over making something like too religious and I think that you've absolutely taught me that in that like sometimes quote quote biblical language can't nobody hear that? They don't. They're not. About, they're not ready to listen to that. Somebody so, that hasn't done it for the, ever or at all, right? Can't, won't and so, understand that. how do you have a consult? Like, how do you have a conversation with somebody? And yes, absolutely, meet them where they're at, and see them, and not judge them, and see yeah. them, and love them, and see that they're still enough, yeah. even in whatever situation there are. Like, you. He's absolutely helped me. Like bring it down a, a little bit not mm-hmm. to where I can't still be myself yeah. but now there's a, a difference in the interaction and mm-hmm. connect with somebody that like I really see them now like I don't I don't I can see them spiritually but that don't mean I have to say that yeah. like I can experience them spiritually but that don't mean I have to say that it's just a can you still love them if they if they're rude to you like how you, how you interact with them like how how are you showing up? Are you showing up that you're above mm-hmm. them? Are you showing up where you're like open enough to meet them? And it really shifted my posture because that's something I wasn't aware of. But if I wasn't able to listen and be like, okay, Joshua, well, what do you see on the outside of of even this experience to me where I can have, you know, certain conversations with them, but I don't, it doesn't have to go to to that immediate, it don't have to go to zero to 100 immediately. Yeah. When I'm, even if I'm used to seeing that, it's just like, how do you, yes, still meet them where, where they are and it still be fulfilling yeah. for you. Can you turn that light on there? I feel like I have learned so much <laughs> just sitting here. I'm like, I don't even care if 
one other person listens to this, I feel like this is a conversation for myself, too, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm four years old, and I'm just listening to my wise parents just tell me what to do. Has anybody ever asked you a question on um, your podcast? Um, I don't know. I, I think Can so. Have you heard my one with my friend, Rafifa? His name is Edgar. But he's really, really smart, and I love him. Yeah. And I feel like there's just been a few people in my life who have just allowed me to take this whole situation and just, like, do whatever I want with it or just, like, support me through it, and I love yeah. it because it motivates me to keep showing up and then have these conversations and just learn. So, like, there's moments where I'll put myself, like, try to integrate myself into the conversation or someone else will ask me a question, but also I can just, like, listen and just, cool. it's cool. But we're still going to ask you a question. You can ask me a question. So, I'll the question is, <laughs> you know? where do you feel you are right now? Mm. And you can answer that however you decide. But where do you feel you are right now? Thank you, Mr. President. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> honestly, I feel, if you would have asked me this question last week, I would have started crying. <laughs> because I was so confused. And like the last two weeks, I could cry right now. I was just like, where am I supposed to be? And something I've been asking myself is like, where does God want me to be? Because you, I've been hearing that so much. It's like, use your power, like use your God-given gifts, or like lean into this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where to lean into. Like yeah. everyone's telling me to do this thing, That's or a fair question. everyone's telling me, yeah, like what I'm good at, or whatever, and what people see in me, and these great things that I'm good at. And I'm like, I don't know where I should do these things. I don't, I don't know, I, I think I love myself for who I am, and there's things that I value about myself, but I just was put in a position where I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't okay. know. So I've been lost, but right now, I feel like I'm, I'm doing, I'm seeing that it's okay to be, like, exactly where I'm supposed to be, like, in this moment, like, today, I woke up so tired and done with life for some reason. <laughs> and this is the thing, is I was going to text Josh and be like, oh, maybe I just don't want to record today. Like, my energy is low. I don't want to do it. But as soon as I got up and started doing the things that I had to do, I was like, wait, this is so fun. <laughs> like, I'm enjoying going to get my, like, eyes checked out, interacting with my barista, yeah. having lunch with Penny. Like... Getting glasses, driving over here and sitting and while talking your eyes to you guys. were dilated. Oh yeah, also it was an issue. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like <laughs> I can only I'm like starting to accept this is like I get to enjoy as much as my as much of my life as I allow myself to. And for a long time, it was just like you're not here or like you don't have these things, yeah. so you can't enjoy it. Like until you have this. Yeah, and that's a thief. So, yeah, it is. It's like just not. It's a really. It's a thief of contentment. Mm-hmm. And I was letting myself. It's not okay. Sit like I was letting myself yeah. live that way for such a long time, and lately I'm just like screw that. Yeah. I'm just. I'm enjoying yeah. this moment. That's right. And even when I wake up saying I don't want.
want to do anything because I was cozy in my bed. I was sad for no reason. Like, I got up, and I'm sitting here now, and I'm like, I'm so happy I did this. I'm so happy I got out of bed. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just enjoying life and living it. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with it, yeah. Like, I like dancing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because that's where I was. Yeah. 100%. I was there. I dealt with a lot. I dealt with like some really bad anxiety. I yeah. dealt with some really bad feelings of like I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. all the things I've done. And yeah. I was like, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. I'm supposed to be doing this. I should have just done that. Mm-hmm. Like I could be traveling with somebody, doing like concert photography. Like mm-hmm. I could have done that. You know, like it was like always a thing in the back of my mind of what. And I never found joy in the things that I thought that I was supposed to be doing. I only found joy in, like, serving. Mm -hmm. I've always found joy in serving since a very young age. When, like, my mom would take me to, like, pass out Thanksgiving turkeys to people that, you know, the students that she worked at the school for, you know, like, going to their houses and blessing them. I think that sparked so much in me, but Mm -hmm. that's where I find joy is, like, I can serve somebody else. Um, and I'm still going to be taken care of mm-hmm. no matter what. Like, So it takes a while to get there, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of surrounding yourself with the right people, oh, yeah. surrounding yourself with like the right mentality yeah. and um, the things that will improve your mindset, mm-hmm. whether it's music, books. All of it contributes to the way you think about yourself and mm-hmm. the things that you do. So, yeah, I was there, and I'm like, Oh, I don't really want to do this. I don't think I need it. Maybe I should quit. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I was supposed to do something else. And yeah. When you just think of, oh, I want this. Maybe I should. Maybe I should have got a, diff- a different way. You know. Maybe I should have done. You think like of all these things when you're in relationships, when you're like friends with people, and you're like, what if I had that? What if I had this? What if I would have been one here instead of here? Like it's always gonna be, like a battle. So yeah. you have to like, lock in. And I think that, uh, especially in a generation of pure distraction and mm-hmm. comparison at every angle, every single angle, um, you're always, you know, we're we're fed to look at what we don't have, mm-hmm. to aspire to a life that may not be for us. Yeah. And so my follow-up question was going to be, do you feel it's enough? Because if you don't feel it's enough, mm-hmm. if you don't feel like, you're doing what you're supposed to do. If you don't find joy in that, what are you comparing it to? Who are you comparing it to? Mm-hmm. Or do you have people who are filling you up to say, like, I'm proud of you? Then, like, who is sur- exactly who is really surrounding you? And then realizing that where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to accept that sometimes because people can yeah. feel like they're in a real deep valley mm-hmm. of, like, no, this is dark, this is ugly, this is this, but if I look at what am I supposed to learn here? Who am mm-hmm. I becoming here? What am I discovering about myself? Mm-hmm. Like, it becomes an opportunity to, like, really be able to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, this probably sounds bad, I don't know. But <laughs> I um, I learned these things about myself in the darkest places mm-hmm. of, like, wait, God, you can trust me here, too. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you are making something with this right now Mm -hmm. like 
help me to see that more than I see the thing that I can't control, yeah. more than I see the thing that, that doesn't bring me joy, more than I th- see the thing that doesn't bring me peace. Mm-hmm. Like, help me to really understand that this, that every single thing is for my good. Mm-hmm. And when I look at it from that perspective, it's harder to stay in a space, mm-hmm. but it's, it's perspective. Gratitude. Mm-hmm. It is, it is absolute gratitude. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm like, I get to do this. And that's yeah. what you were explaining. Yeah. With story of today yeah. is like, yeah. it's like I get to do this that's what I'm saying I have to be here. I've, been t- I've been sh- like shifting my perspective throughout my day because yeah. it's tough like I have always dealt with anxiety I've always dealt with depression it's annoying because I used to not know how to deal with it I would just it's like I think of myself in high school or I was, was diagnosed with depression when I was like nine like that's so young yes. I had no idea what to do, so I would just cry. I would sleep. Like, I would go through moments where I was so curious and so excited, and other moments where I just didn't want to see anyone. I didn't know what... Like, it was not a good time, and even in college when I, like, started, I used to sleep for days at a time because I was so depressed. And my sister Jackie would get really upset because she would see that I wasn't like a light or wasn't as funny as I was when I was happy and I guess I just didn't have the right resources yet and now I do and I didn't even know I don't know when I collected them I really don't (laughs) but I just know like days like today if I would have had this day five years ago I would not have even showed up here like I don't know where I would be asleep probably. And I remember us talking about like when you were in college and everybody else, you stopped, then everybody else kept going that was like your age. And you were like comparing. Yeah. Am I supposed to be with them? Why am I not here yet? I didn't remember that. And so it makes it makes a lot of sense. But I do believe that the things that people experience are not for no reason. Like there's somebody that you're gonna be able to help to provide tools to that nobody else can speak to like nobody and i it's a yes one way to look at it like i'm my personality is more way more optimistic and glass half full and i will admit that and so for some people it's harder for them to like it's not always going to be positive lay but i'm just like but if i look at it as it really is but at the same time just like if you knew my life if you knew the things that i've that i've experienced the things that i've walked through that if I didn't see it that way, I would be bound by them, yeah. like completely bound by them. Um, but when that when that shifted, I'm like, when I say all things, now I look at people who they go through the worst abuse possible, and mm-hmm. if they and when they have the courage to share their story, I'm like, I want to be part of the journey that says that it will be used for good. Somebody is gonna mm-hmm. heal because of you. Somebody is gonna love again because of you. Because you're on the other the other side of it and even if you're walking through it it's like you get to relate to people and there's millions of people who will experience it i'm like if you're a human being you're going to experience some of these sensations at some point in your life right um but if you're if you are able to walk with somebody and just be like i see you it's enough i hear you it's enough Mm -hmm. like you're still worthy, you're still good, you still have things inside of you that are waiting to come out, 
And if you're having a moment, have a moment. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to band-aid them or force them to become something. Mm -hmm. And I think Joshua also helped me to really understand that because there were times I had to learn how to deal with his cycles. Mm -hmm. There were times he had to learn how to deal with mine, like through Mm -hmm. postpartum. Or it, it felt like an out-of-body experience. It's like, these aren't things you feel like you can control sometimes. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so concrete at times, there were moments where, you know, he would be dealing with her, with certain things, with anxiety, with depression, that I'm just like, how are you not able to see how good you got it type thing? Yeah. And then I had to learn how to meet him there, pray for him, love him, not force him. Just be there like, what do you need? You, you're not going to have it today, and that's okay. How do I still show up? And sometimes that's all we can do, yeah. you know? I, it's definitely, I think the 20s are just, like, learning how to, I don't know, adapt and to appreciate. And I hope a lot of other people in their 20s feel this way. Like, I think that I'm surrounded by people who try to be more grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like I definitely see how I've grown, and I'm fine with where I am, but I'm excited about who I'll be tomorrow, and whatever, like, it's all good. And she's exciting, like, she, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, like, oh, I'm I'm looking forward to her. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm okay with it. I, and it's really, really great to, thank God I am surrounded by really cool friends. Because when I do talk to people, like, random, I might call them, like, what are they? Oh my gosh, what's the word? It starts with a C. It starts with a C. People that you're not really friends with. Constituents. Acquaintances. Yeah, acquaintances. Oh my Constituents. That's the only C oh, word that's related to people, but it's acquaintances. I was, I was right. emphasizing yeah. the acquaintance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but acquaintances. Like, whenever the, I tell them what I'm doing or who I'm going to hang out with or, you know, who I know, they're like, Jess. You know such cool people, like for what? I'm like I have no idea. Like I just collect really great friends. Like That's I, a great word. Yep. I love it. Like I don't know. So I think that as I keep growing and as I keep figuring things out, I'm sure that cool people will just yeah. come along the way yeah. and hopefully just Absolutely. teach me, build me up. Yeah, I was just talking to my kids today about this. In, in the class, we're talking about making friends. Yeah. They're freshmen. So, like, I'm like, yeah, it's not kindergarten. Like, you, like, just, you know, you play tag with somebody, and then you guys hug each other, and now you're friends. Like, yeah. like hey, you can't do that. You'll catch a case in high school. But, <laughs> like, and I'm talking to them, but then I was also explaining, like, the it's not me just telling you guys how to make friends. It's me also talking to you guys about, like, the quality of friendships that you make mm-hmm. because it can literally be a life or death situation yeah. and that's drastic but it's r- real life mm-hmm. it can be and not necessarily like you're literally going to die but a part of you can kill yeah. like can be killed from that mm-hmm. and like you do lose a, a portion of you that could be so beneficial to somebody else down the road because mm-hmm. of people you surround yourself with and who you become when you do surround yourself with those people and I think that's something that, like, I had to really, like, start evaluating. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about who you know the longest. It's, like, who has brought you value and you bring them value together the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people, just they want support. They're like, oh, 
like I want people to support this about what I do and I want people to do this for me and I'm like but you don't even serve those people the way that you mm. want them to serve you and so it's like why would you waste your time building relationships with people that literally are going to you know end you <laughs> like that's yeah. scary especially in school I think that a lot of people yeah. just want like acceptance or yeah. validation and like once you get out of that you're just kind of like no I don't want this yeah. I don't care you're fine yeah. but Okay, to end on a positive note, or whatever note you want to call it, <laughs> what is, I know, what is a piece of advice, and you can spend five minutes doing this, um, piece of advice that you would give your younger self, or, don't cry. <laughs> um, advice I would give my younger self would, I'm, I'm not going to cry. Um, it would definitely be, I'm definitely going to cry. Um, I just had this conversation. That's part of the reason why, um, it is that I, I've been like the outcast, the, the sheep of the family, the, the red thumb, you know, the, the redheaded stepchild and fell like, you know, I've, I've always been different and I've never... It made me frustrated and angry because it wasn't celebrated as more as it was as much as it was tolerated, yeah. and so like really just embracing like what fun means to me, what it means to feel joy. Like, yeah, I like reading. It doesn't make me an old lady. I don't want to have to overcompensate for being and doing the things that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to suppress it around a lot of people because it made people uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, just allowing her to be free in that and not caring what what somebody thought or just anticipating a negative comment because I do value my faith or I am strong. Um, And yeah, it just made me isolate a lot um, to where I felt like she just couldn't, she couldn't just experience the freedom of like just being enough. Yeah, so it really made me see myself in a way where people are like, oh, you're so pretty, oh, you're so this, you're you're smart, and I'm just like, downplay everything, don't show up, don't be seen, don't be heard, um, speak up, but don't be too loud, mm-hmm. um, show up, but don't, att- don't attract attention, ever, um, and it was just because I just didn't want people to point out the things that everybody kept pointing out, oh, you think you're, you're, you think you're too good, you're good, you're too good, you're stuck up, you're this, and I'm just like, but I'm not, like, I didn't do anything to anybody, <laughs> like, most of the time, I wasn't saying anything, and, um, uh, and it was still this just accusatory, like, battle that I'm, like, still, I'm identifying now that I didn't realize affected me mm-hmm. for most of my life, and it felt like I did it alone, yeah. so, yeah, I would just encourage her to be be free and like just being who you are and it's okay if it's no if it's nowhere near normal yeah. <laughs> sometimes. I love that so much. That's good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's all. Thanks. That's so good. <laughs> I, love that. um, oh. I think I would say one, don't be a people pleaser. 
to like your map. Absolutely, like, and that, like, you're, the whole, like, people-pleasing thing is from, you know, I grew up in a family that came off of, like, being in a political family, like, with my grandfather being, like, not only, like, an activist in the city, but, like, city council member and well-known, and so there was a certain perception that comes with that. And that puts pressure on the family to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was always, you are a reflection of your family. Mm -hmm. And I internalized that. And I didn't enjoy life because I was always worried about other people's perception of me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't just do things without worrying about okay, let me calculate this. How am I going to be perceived? Um, and it sent me in a spiral. When, and it just caused issues all the way into my adulthood. And now even, like, I'm better at it, but I'm more so, like, okay, now I'm able to see, like, this is what is creating this issue. Mm. But I'm not dealing with it. So, like, I just know how to interact with different people. Mm -hmm and how to meet people where they're at, and like, people don't really have confrontation with me. And if they do, it's really something random that like, it doesn't make sense to me, but it makes sense to them. But like, I don't really have confrontation, but it's because I always learned to like, navigate people in a way to control perception. Mm -hmm. So I felt trapped, and I've grown up my whole life feeling like I've been imprisoned by this idea of who I should be because of my family. Mm -hmm. And that, created other problems and that started experience I started experiencing those feelings of anxiety you know of depression of like because I was constantly putting myself in a position that I had to be perfect mm -hmm. and that perfectionism came from that and then nothing I did was good so then the whole you're not enough came yeah. because nothing that I did felt good because I was constantly like just worried about other people's perception. Yeah. And so I would say that, like, just, you, know, you don't have to be a people pleaser. You can say how you feel about things. You can speak up for yourself. Yeah. And it's okay to, to struggle some people. Like, it is what it is. Like, you have to be able to be okay with yourself mm -hmm. um, before you try to please other people. And just know that you are enough. And these and, things uh, definitely encourage how we parent. We are literally, we have, we have ourselves and in our children, Omari is just like his daddy and my daughter is very similar to me, but she's still her own person. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so when we see certain things that like we could see how they affected us, it, it gives us an opportunity to really like speak, speak to, to them, <laughs> like speak to our younger selves and like, and yeah. love them. Like, what would you want to hear? when you were their age um how would you want to be embraced mm -hmm. would you want to be punished or would you want to be hugged and told it's okay to have strong feelings yeah. i mean yeah there's correction and stuff that needs to go along with it but it's really just speaking to the pieces of us that we gave to them yeah. and there are things that we gave to them that they didn't deserve yeah. 
mm-hmm. and that we still get to heal, like help them heal and, and work through. And there are pieces of us that our parents gave us that they weren't aware of that mm-hmm. we realized come out in us, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's just, it, it like that reflection and that awareness just allows us to parent differently. Yeah. yeah. That is so... That was a good question. Good. Yeah, very good question. I don't think I've ever answered anything like that before. Really? You guys are, you have been so open and so honest. And, like, that, what you just said is so beautiful to me. I Everything you've said. <laughs> I'm mad now. <laughs> I've, I've just met you. And I feel like I was a little shy because I've never interviewed anyone like that. I don't know. Like, I've... And, like, obviously... We've been friends for a really long time, and I feel like I respect you a lot, and I know that you are going to be really awesome and really smart, and he speaks super highly of you, so I was, like, really nervous, but, I mean, I think that's why I was a little shy initially, but I feel like this has been so now, funny. we're at the end, and I'm like, oh my god. But it's crazy, because when I first met you at camp, like, I was like, this person is very similar to me. That's what... Like, and I was like I told her when I he came did. back he did I told her I was like I met this person just like very similar to me I really feel like she would be somebody that you could like also be like helpful like you could yeah. be supportive of because like I saw the parallels yeah and I was just like I know what I could tell what direction you were going and I was like telling her and it just it never clicked and you know and especially like I'm gone for a week I come home and I'm like talking about another woman or something like that could be like a potential (laughs) like I'm gonna fight you now but like it wasn't it it just was like oh well you know this is where I felt that she could benefit you and so yeah it's always been so long we've always talked about like yes they just have to like finally together but you know, I think it's all it has, the timing like, always works. It really out. is. Yeah. Timing is perfect because I was. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here and I feel like I'm learning. Like I'm hearing everything that I've been wanting to hear, and mm-hmm. it just feels so. I feel so so lucky to be here, like sitting down, and I like can just see where I fit, <laughs> like <laughs> in your life. Yeah. Like oh my god, please let me be a babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I will. I want to be here all the time. supposed to and it's taken a lot of growth for us to be able to like trust that when we see something in somebody that one of us can nurture without there being an ulterior motive because of our trauma um then you know it's it's an opportunity for us to sow into somebody's life and there are things that you will teach us and we will we get to teach you we get to share you know um and so yeah, like we've had multiple experiences experiences like that. And I'd be like, I have a client. I'm like, Joshua, y'all would be great friends. He's like, wait, what the hell? Are, do you like him or something? And I'm just like, wait, no, 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 no. But it's something that I see that you can, like, you can share with him that I think that we just, I think that's what community is. That's what life is. Like, that's abundance to me. 
that we get to have yeah, good, solid. Time, yeah. yeah, just and I mean good that is somebody that I. I and now they're really yeah, friends. Like, yeah, it is somebody that I don't really know. You got the yeah. same name. Yeah. It's so funny. He but, was like, wow. what the hell? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, but yeah. That's, that's life, though. And I think yeah. once you get to that level of just understanding and you allow yeah. those things to happen organically yeah. and maybe not feel so forced. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I'm excited now I that... You know, you will definitely. This won't be the last conversation. No, because I feel like now I just I've given myself the like authority to just come in and be like, "Can you guys please like give me life advice on this?" And you're already my given like relationship mentors. I'm just gonna bring in my future husband. My future husband will be whoever I bring to you. This couch has a tendency of doing. It's so funny. It's so weird. I, I told God when we got this house, I'm like, okay, he it was just, this this all was a miracle, but this room specifically, I don't know, like, we were like, this is going to be the place where we help people transform, yeah. and then we got this couch, and then immediately, like, I had, like, kids from, they're not, she's not, they're not kids, they're Full young adults, adult. I'm yeah. sorry, <laughs> but they, I was, you know, Jeez. like, I was, like, there, whatever, in college, and, yeah. um, you know, and the, I mean, people literally just be coming like, "This is, this is the therapy couch. This is the, <laughs> this is where I just lay it all out." And I'm just like, "Well, that's probably what this house was designed for." Yeah. And I'm like, "If we can just spread a little joy, a little love, mm-hmm. a little, a little extra, yeah. I feel like it's sowing better seeds than dissension, yeah, or drama or selfishness." You know, <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm excited, and I think that it is, yes, my, my foot is losing <laughs> circulation, so you, you're fine. Um, so thank you so much, because I think that we got to learn some more things about each other, too, yeah. through this conversation, and share things that we don't really get to share in a yeah. space that's not as intimate with, you know, unless it's people that, you know, we, we have long-term relationships yeah. with, um, and the freedom in sharing your story is like, it's huge. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for real for sharing with us. Well, I mean, I think you guys win the longest podcast award. Sorry. Ah! No, I love it. I'm so excited because I'm going to play this. Yeah, we we do. And I, I love it. I would much rather sit with people who have a lot to share than just be like awkward because I'm awkward. So I get uncomfortable. Sometimes, like I think that I reflect like whatever other people are giving me. Mm -hmm. So like if you're awkward, I'm just gonna shut down. I told you. I'm gonna bring that same energy. Same. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Everyone, thank you for listening. If you've gotten to this part, thank you. (laughs) You're probably so full of knowledge and love and giggles because this has been so fun. But um, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna leave now. Everybody say bye.